It's Window Nation's semi-annual sale, and it's a big deal. Right now, get 50% off all windows along with no interest for five years plus bonus savings when you schedule a consult today. If your windows leak, get foggy or hot, or you're paying high utility bills, that's a big deal. With Window Nation's semi-annual sale, you can replace your windows and save a big deal, too. Schedule a no-obligation in-home estimate now. Call 866-90NATION or visit windownation.com. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. I was right. Uh, no, I was right. I was right. Uh, we were right. We were right, weren't we? And you were right with us. And because you were right with us, we want to celebrate being right. We want to celebrate Philadelphia sports being good, but also we want to celebrate being right. In style at the Underground Arts Theater. Friday, December 22nd. There are a lot of guests already. You guys have Chris Ryan. Yes, of the ringer.com. We're bringing on Larry Poff. He's our of course, baby. Writes to Ricky Sanchez podcast, BG and radio. We were right before Christmas live dual podcast show at the Underground Arts Theater. If you're not there, uh, you're square. You're a very, you're a fool. You're wrong. Actually, if it's cool to be square. If, if you're, okay, Huey, <laughs> if you're not there, let's put it this way. December 22nd, we were right before Christmas. If you're not there, you were wrong. That's right. Tickets on sale right now for $18, $20 day of. Don't wait for the day of. This will sell out. Undergroundarts.org. Hey, guys. John Barchard here, and I know what you're thinking. Listen, my fantasy season is over. There's really nothing for me to do. I say go download Draft. If you're tired of getting beat by the pros on the DFS salary cap sites, I hate math. I can't stand it. That's why I switched to Draft. Your chances of winning are 80% better on Draft. Plus, more than 1 million people have already downloaded Draft, and you can play in a real NFL or NBA draft right now and be done in under five minutes and get paid out the next day. Drafts are filling every second, so you can Join one whenever you want. It's so convenient. Plus, if you go right now, all new players get a free entry into a real money draft when you make your first deposit and use the promo code BGNR. That's right. Playing a real money draft right now just using the promo code BGNR. But it gets even better because if you don't like it, they guarantee your money back up to $100. No excuses now. Just search Draft in your app store or go to Draft.com and come play for free right now with the promo code BGNR. Playoffs edition. Of this week in fantasy, I'm your host, James Seltzer. Coming up in literally just one minute, Sigmund Bloom will join me for like 45 minutes. Nice. Sigmund gave me a bunch of awesome, awesome stuff. We'll go through every single game on the slate, help you get set for the fantasy playoffs and for those of you not in the playoffs we will have a bunch of dfs info in there as well can't wait so uh we will get to where you can find more of me not that you would want to after this who cares but enough 
messing around, no more BS, and it is fantasy playoff week. It is the most important week of the season to date. You got to win it. Yes. To stay in it. So without further ado, let's get to it. And as always, I'd like to welcome in our weekly guest. You can find his stuff over at footballguys.com, where he's a co-owner. The Audible, eight days a week at podcast with Cecil Lemmy. The one and only Mr. Sigmund Blim. Sigmund, what's up, brother? Uh, this is the do or die time. It's go time. And I think at this point in the fantasy season, if you made the playoffs, then you know something, or at least you know how to get luck on your side. And it's time to be the ball. Oh, no, 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 no. It's time to. <laughs> it's time to. It's time to just clear your minds, set your lineups, and don't sweat it. Yeah, I agree. And uh, don't overthink it. You know, you certainly want to play the matchups, but you don't want to get cute. You want to, you know, do what you did to get there. And and of course, also for those of you who are not in the playoffs, sadly, uh, certainly uh, DFS options as well so good luck there as well uh sigmund and i uh, for those who don't know will jump through and go through the entire week 14 slate and go through every game on the slate including tonight's and then we will have a little fun and go inside the mind of mr sigmund bloom who you can follow on twitter at sigmund bloom all right sigmund let's jump in tonight Really good-looking Thursday night game here with legitimate NFC playoff implications, NFC South obvious implications there as the New Orleans Saints head in to take on the Atlanta Falcons. The Falcons disappointing against a good Vikings D and the Saints good enough at home. Uh, this, I, Honestly, this is one of those games where I you, you could tell me the Saints win by 10, you could tell me Atlanta wins by 10, or you could tell me they tie. I have no idea how this is going to play out. Yeah, classic NFC South matchup with so much on the line. Uh, New Orleans, we're watching Mark Ingram. Uh, you know, we're going to see what happens. He's unquestionable. If not, we could see some more Jonathan Williams or Trey Edmonds. But obviously, you're playing Alvin Kamara, you're playing Michael Thomas. If Ingram's out, it makes you a little more inclined to play Drew Brees, a little more inclined to take a chance on Tedkin. But Drew Brees is what he is at this point, and he hasn't been, with the exception of the five-minute frenetic comeback against. Washington uh, he's not an automatic play and if you I mean I would play Case Keenum over him uh, at this point uh, and then on the Atlanta side you're sticking with Julio Jones and I think you have to stick with Devontae Freeman just I, in a week like week 14 in, in the playoffs you break ties in favor of talent and the talent is there the usage might be there might not be there uh, the play calling this offense still is an underachiever we saw them bounce back for a few weeks but uh, Julio Jones and Devontae Freeman have to be in your lineup. Uh, I don't think Matt Ryan does or Mohamed Sanu, some of the peripheral players. You know, Austin Hooper, if you're looking for a Gronk or an Ertz replacement, I think you could do better than that. Uh, so this might be a low-scoring game. You know, both of these games were 70 points or more last year, but these were very different teams than the teams we have now. And Marshawn Lattimore is going to be back. Desmond Trufant's going to be back. So the number one corners are back for this one. Yeah, that's a great point. That's crucial. Who would have ever thought, ever, ever, we would get to the point where Case Keenum would be a clear, better fantasy right. play than Drew Brees. It's, it's, it's been a weird year, Sigmund. Uh, all right, let's uh, let's move on. I agree with you there. I would absolutely play Case Keenum over Drew Brees um, and some other shocking ones that we'll get to down the uh, slate, I'm sure. Uh, let's get to the Sunday slate. Not a ton of great games, but some good ones sprinkled throughout. Let's start with a not good one as the uh, the I don't know what to make of them Buffalo Bills host a out and out awful Indianapolis Colts team uh, yeah. not a ton of excitement fantasy wise no. here I would think Sigmund no and uh, you know <laughs> I, I wouldn't count I wouldn't count on this game outside of LaShawn McCoy wouldn't be counting on anybody out of this game whether it's Nathan Peterman or Tyrod Taylor it doesn't really matter Buffalo's passing game is going to be anemic uh, even though it's against Indy I mean and maybe we may look back and say uh, Indy was pass off at defense was just so bad but I, I don't think that's going to happen on the Indy side even Jack Doyle has been up or down T.Y. Hilton scored against Jacksonville Travis White might be out Rob Gronkowski uh, but I still would probably not be going with T.Y. Hilton in this one and, and just in general just to double back to something you said uh, about this year uh you know we can think back to our fantasy drafts we can think back to our expectations in august and how different some of these things are right like we're considering josh mccown against denver we're considering blake portals against seattle and the important thing is not to let things like that undermine you or, or cause you doubt because that you have the thought in the first place is based on what we've learned this year so you want to be making your decisions with a I mean, sometimes i think 
people can be in the flow of the season. And then when you get to the playoffs, because there's more on the line, you tighten up and you feel like you should go to the shelter of safety, which is what we thought before we watched these teams play. And what you know now, after we got to watch them play for 12 games, is much better information than what you thought in August. It's exactly right. It's like I said before, you know, it's it's do what got you there. Like just you've been riding Josh McCown to the playoffs and you've got Drew Brees on your bench. Guess what? That doesn't mean that you just say, oh, it's the playoffs. I got to play Drew Brees like, you know, Josh McCown's probably a better play you know, or whatever the situation is. So totally agree. You need to uh, get anything from the uh, the preseason or expectations out of your mind. It is a uh, it is the fantasy playoffs and. Uh, what you see is reality. Uh, so I- I'm with you 100% there. Uh, moving on to a game that I know that I and other Eagles fans, uh, it's a real joy for us as, uh, as the Dallas Cowboys, uh, the 6-6 six and six Dallas Cowboys head in to take on the dumpster fire yeah. of the year. Sigmund, who would have thought that Jerry Jones and Ezekiel Elliott fronting the Dallas Cowboys would be less of a dumpster fire than the New York Giants? Yeah, this is like this is like a, a car that gets a flat tire, and then when they're jacking the car up, smoke starts to come out of the hood, and then when they <laughs> open the hood, the, the engine catches on fire. You know, I mean, just it, it, and just, then a bomb falls on it, and everything right. explodes. <laughs> right. right. I mean, really and truly, it's been quite a thing to watch. But Dallas is still alive; they still have a pulse. Alfred Morris is running well. The Giants' defense, run defense, I think, is one to target. So Alfred Morris is looking like a solid play. Des Bryant, no Janoris Jenkins. I'm not playing Dak Prescott. Probably. I mean, he's not. Definitely not close to my top 12 quarterbacks. His hand is a little banged up, but they're, they're going to want to keep this conservative. Jason Witten always has a great day against the Giants. And on the Giants side, just turn the page. Let's just turn it. <laughs> fantasy, for fantasy football, Evan Ingram, and that's it. Yeah, I agree. I think Evan Ingram, though, a, a fine play week in, week out, no matter who's a quarterback, it appears. Uh, but I'm with you. Other than that, Eli Manning, uh, he's back, and I don't think that's a good thing. All right, uh, moving on uh, to another pretty unexciting game as a banged up Detroit Lions team heads in to take on a bad Tampa Bay Bucks team an ugly game one interesting name here I want to ask you about just at the jump though is Peyton Barber who I think is a name heading into the playoffs we're talking about getting too cute and all that but look pretty good and and seems to be the guy who's going to get the work uh how you feel about this game but specifically as well about Peyton Barber yeah on the Detroit side I don't like when the quarterback has a bruised hand that they were worried was broken. All right. I'm not playing mm-hmm. Matthew Stafford. I'm anything close to him. If I'm pondering Golden Tate or Marvin Jones, even even as well as Marvin Jones has been playing, if I'm pondering one of these guys where it feels close, I'm going against them. And we've seen this, James, in the previous few years. It happened with Carson Palmer. It happened one year with Matthew Stafford. Your starting quarterback can have a, a hand injury bad enough to affect their play, but still leave them as the best option that you have a quarterback, you know? A 60% 60 effective Matthew Stafford is better than Jake Ruddick, but it's not good enough to make you want to have shares of the Detroit offense in your fantasy lineup, even against Tampa Bay. So I'm really worried about Detroit. On the the Tampa side, uh, Jameis Winston actually looked pretty good against Green Bay. I take a lot of sacks because of the offensive line woes, but he spread the ball around. Uh, Detroit's defense, I think, is falling apart. And you mentioned Peyton Barber. Detroit's run defense has been one of the worst in the league. Really easy to run on these days. However, Dirk Cutter's not committing to Peyton Barber. It looks like at this juncture that Doug Martin should get back. And with the playoffs on the line, I, I mean, if I don't have another viable option, you know, if it's Frank Gore or Peyton Barber or something like that, I'll probably take my chances with Peyton Barber. But I don't trust them to go back to him. I don't trust these teams to be a meritocracy in the backfield, even though Peyton Barber did look better than Doug Martin has looked at any point this year. Now, hopefully we could get some clarity on that this week. And then maybe come week 15, we can feel more confident for that first week back. Uh, I, trusting rational coaching sometimes can get us in trouble. Yeah, I agree. And, and trusting Dirk Cutter at all can get you in trouble. Uh, but I agree with you. I think I think if Doug Martin's out, Peyton Barber, really interesting play. Otherwise, I'm with you there. Uh, who would have thought, Sigmund, that the 6-6 six and six Oakland Raiders and 6-6 six and six Kansas City Chiefs would both be sitting atop the AFC West along with the 6-6 six and six Chargers? I I hate both of these teams. Tell me something good about them for fantasy purposes. Well, it was one of the most entertaining games of the year. The first True, time you're them. right. You're right. It was the uh, the ten million 30. attempts. Yeah, the ten million attempts to close it out. The Raiders finally yeah. got it done. 
So, and, and I think we're going to see a, a potentially similar high-scoring matchup here. Mari Cooper's probably not going to be back. Michael Crabtree looks great uh, for this one. With, uh, and Marcus Peters hasn't been playing that well anyway, but he's suspended. Marshawn Lynch, they finally are running the offense through Lynch. Um, even Carr, Cook, uh, if you have to dig really deep, uh, assuming Cooper's out, Cordero Patterson. Because Kansas City's just been giving it up. And Kansas City against the Jets last week really looked powerless to stop Josh McCown. And Robbie Anderson and Jermaine Curse. So there, there's a better caliber of quarterback and, and skill players. And on the Kansas City side, Alex Smith's one of the top five or six quarterbacks this week. Um, you know, we see his ceiling. Of course, you're playing Hill. Of course, you're playing Kelsey. Kareem Hunt is one of these situations where my speech about August. Well, let's fast forward to Dece- September. What we thought in September about Kareem Hunt. There's no way we would bench him. And this last good game was against the Raiders. So I'm not saying bench him no matter what the other option is. But I do think that we've got a pretty good idea of his new baseline. And it ain't good. Yeah, that it's it's a real bummer. And honestly, I would say, you know, if you were to look from week one to, to week 14, heading into week 14, one of the biggest, most perplexing things that's happened has been just the downfall of the Chiefs, Chiefs offense in general, but also the, this, the, the fact that Hunt could be so good and such a part of the, the scheme. And then for it to turn to this, it's a bummer because it's a great matchup uh, against Oakland, but I, I, I can't trust him. I, I, he's burned me too many times. It's really frustrating. All right, moving on, another uh, ugly one here, but... Uh, interesting, at least uh, uh, from the fact that I thought Jimmy Garoppolo looked pretty damn good last week, leading the Niners to a victory. Granted, no touchdowns, but but uh, command, you know, and, and looks like an NFL quarterback heading in to take on a Houston Texans team with a guy who does not look like that. And Tommy Savage, though, he did put up right. some numbers last week. How do you feel about this one? Yeah, Jimmy Garoppolo makes Marquise Goodwin a wide receiver three flex option. He's executing the offense much truer to Kyle Shanahan's design and conception here. So Taylor looks a little more interesting, you know, sticking with Carlos Hyde on talent alone as a running back too. And hopefully this team maybe can turn some of those field goals into touchdowns this week against Houston on the Houston side, going to Andre Hopkins and Steven Anderson, your answer, Rob Ronkowski, Zach Ertz, if he doesn't mm-hmm. get up. Mm-hmm. It's Steven Anderson. He's uh, there's, he's the only healthy tight end. He played some wide receiver. He and Tom Savage, Tom Savage isn't a good quarterback, but he's not a shy quarterback either. Not a shy quarterback about throwing uh, into some, as, as my, my colleague Matt Walden said, when you hear throwing into traffic or, you know, that's <laughs> Tom Savage. Uh, it means he's going to give Steven Anderson chances to make plays, and Anderson looked like he could make those plays last week. 12 targets last week for Steven Anderson, who no one had ever heard of. So I'm with you there. I love Steven Anderson as a Gronk fill-in. Uh, if you have to do it. And, and and as a Gronk owner on a team that is in the playoffs, let me be the first to say, screw you, Rob. Uh, yeah. Thank you for, for not thinking about your fantasy owners. You know, I don't even care about the Patriots. Like, I care about us. They'll beat the Dolphins without you. I need you. But um, that's neither here nor there. Love the Steven Anderson call. All right, let's move on. Another ugly-looking one here is the 6-6 uh, the six and six Packers waiting on Aaron Rodgers to come back, heading in to take on a uh, uh, potentially headed for 0-16 Cleveland Browns team segment. What do you make of this one? Oh, and you're still thinking with Devontae Adams. You know, we've seen a decent ceiling. It's going against Cleveland. Um, I think that Jamal Williams is going to remain on top of the Green Bay backfield, enough that I would break ties in favor of starting him. He, he looks good, and I think Cleveland's run defense is uh, – looking not like a shutdown unit like they had earlier this year. So I like Jamal Williams this week. Um, not anybody else, but Aaron Rodgers should be back next week. So you keep going. And Jordy Nelson, just check and make sure he wasn't dropped, just in case. Yeah, it's uh, a great call. He was yeah. dropped in one of my leagues, actually. Yeah, just in case. Uh, and then on the Cleveland side, Josh Gordon, baby. Josh Gordon looks like Josh Gordon. It's I crazy. Mean, it's crazy. It's wonderful. And it is wonderful. And, and and there's so many things that could get better here, right? He's not facing Casey Hayward. He and Deshaun Kaiser have a better connection. Uh, he could just be more dialed in because it's just not just his first game back. It's Green Bay's corners. So I like this. I, I, if I have Josh Gordon, I think I'm trying to find a way to play him this week. I, I couldn't agree with you more. I love Josh Gordon this week. I was, I was nervous slash skeptical last week. He looked great, like you said, against Casey Hayward and uh, – you know, four for 85, they targeted him, I think, like 11 times or something. So uh, he's already a big part of that offense, and Green Bay's corners are, are awful. So I think that is a, a great spot to get him in for the playoffs. All right, uh, who would have thought? Josh Gordon, 2017, Sigmund. Uh, all right, moving on as uh, another 
ugly one here is the uh, the Bengals hosting the Bears of Battle of Bees. Anything interesting in this one? Andy Dalton's been really consistent lately. I think you can probably count on him if you don't have an obvious start. Uh, whoever is starting at running back, and I think because the concussion was a Monday night concussion, I don't expect it to be Joe Mixon. Uh, Giovanni Bernard, finally worth it. He might be on finally. The yeah, I mean, this is I mean, Cincinnati can run the ball now. Like all of a sudden they can run the ball. So um, on the Chicago side, I actually like this game for Jordan Howard. I think that Chicago can be competitive in this game. I believe that Cincinnati is going to be banged up. Uh, brutal game with the Steelers, missing a few players on defense. So the game script can allow them to feed Jordan Howard. And hopefully, uh, you know, they weren't able to get off the field last week sometimes against uh, this 49ers defense. But Cincinnati is one of the worst teams in the league at maintaining drives and time of possession. So I think that's going to give Jordan Howard the opportunity for a big day. Yeah, I feel the same way, and I do like Gio Bernard as an upside play with Mixon out likely this week. All right, uh, we should have like a bell going off. We have a good game segment. It's hard to oh, believe. Our, me up. I know, right? Our first good game of the Sunday slate as the uh, seemingly unflappable 10-2 and Minnesota Vikings head in to take on a, uh, a Panthers team coming off a loss, fighting for a playoff spot. Uh, interesting ma- matchup here, Sigmund. Uh, what do you kind of – feeling about this minnesota's looking terrific and they look good man they're tough defense travels they're good yeah i know it was a down week last week for thielen and Diggs. i mean case keenum just missed on a few throws at the sidelines to them and he he didn't miss a pass between the numbers and and and, and real quick those guys caught the balls like they were keenum was just too long and and thielen and Diggs are making these unbelievable acrobatic catches to like almost stay in bounds it was impressive to watch those guys are impressive i'm i'm fine with going down with uh, if it happens like it did last week against uh, Atlanta's defense, which overachieved a little bit. But I, I, and if you're going to attack any part of the Carolina defense, it's the corners. So I'm, I'm Thielen Diggs are in my lineup. Murray's in my lineup. Uh, you know, McKinnon, you dabble with Inflex. There's something there, but not like he was when he came running out of the gate. I'm worried about Carolina. I'm worried about Carolina's offense in this game. Probably playing Cam Newton, unless you know, I, I, pro- I would go Keenum over Newton you know, between the two quarterbacks in this game, but just because of his running ability, just because if it starts out bad, that might open up a game script for it to get better from a fantasy perspective. But Xavier Rhodes is going to blanket Devin Funches. Greg Olson still hasn't looked like himself. They're going to need a lot from him. Christian McCaffrey's going against fast, savvy linebackers for Minnesota. And we've seen the Panthers offense at times. Just look, I mean, when they went to Chicago, you know, just look futile. You know, oh, yeah, shooting themselves like, in the foot. And where's the advantage? I mean, it's already a good Minnesota defense. What kind of advantage are they going to be able to exploit to move the ball against them? Totally, totally agree. I mean, we just saw this Minnesota defense go into Atlanta and shut that offense down when that, you know, I and I, you know, they weren't the same offense last year, but starting to click a bit before that. Uh, I'm with you, man. I, I'm shying away from all my Panthers this week. I think Minnesota can go in there and, and shut them down. All right, uh, a game that I won't call good. It's certainly good compared to a lot of the games on this slate, but certainly an interesting one from a fantasy perspective as the uh, all of a sudden fighting for a playoff spot, Los Angeles Chargers host the out-of-it-but-still-interesting Washington Deadskins. How do you see this one playing out? Yeah, well well, well played. Uh <laughs> Well, and I'm staying away from that offense. You know, I, I, not, I don't know that there's any – Jamison Crowder in a point-per-reception league should have some decent volume. I doubt that Casey Haber will follow him to the slot. I don't know. But otherwise, I, I, Kirk Cousins and the quality of this offense is deteriorating. Vernon Davis uh, hasn't been coming through as he had been in the past. Samaj P. Ryan needs a good game script. I'm not sure he's going to get that. On the Chargers side, though, Washington's defense, on the other hand, uh, really g- bent – against the Dallas running mm-hmm. game. You like Melvin Gordon. You love Keenan Allen. I don't know that there's anybody worth more than Keenan Allen right now except for Agreed. Antonio Brown. Uh, and, uh, you know, Hunter Henry got a little banged up, but uh, Washington is soft against the tight end, so as long as he looks good in practices later on this week, I like Hunter Henry. Uh, I like Phillip Rivers in this game. I like the Chargers. I want to see the Chargers in the playoffs. Uh, I, I think that it would make the AFC bracket a lot more interesting. Me too. Uh, You know, you look at all these teams kind of at the bottom of the bracket, the Ravens, the Titans, assuming the Jags take that division, like those types of teams, like the Chiefs, the Raiders, the Chargers are by far the most fun of all those teams on both sides of the ball. And 
my biggest fear for this Sunday, though, is that uh, Kirk Cousins may literally have to like give ownership of his soul over to Joey Bosa because that could get ugly behind that offensive line. All right, moving on. Speaking of ugly, I don't know what happened, but the Denver Broncos playing about as bad as anyone in the league, hosting a uh, a Jets team. Who would have thought, Sigmund, if I had told you at the beginning of this season that we would be heading into week 14 and that the Jets would be handily a better team than the Broncos, what would you have said to me? Oh, I would have said that that's, that's, <laughs> that's wild. That's, I mean, then I can't wait to see what else happens this season. Yeah. Um, and it does remind us that, you know, not every situation, not most situations, but some situations go wildly different than anybody would have predicted outside of the range, 100% outside of the range of if you've got a hundred football experts, what they would have predicted. But it's important to trust what you're seeing. You know, film don't lie. And uh, yeah, Josh McCown, not an automatic play, but certainly a viable play because Denver's defense, Denver's team is in give up mode. I, you know, I, I think that Robbie Anderson, Jermaine Curse, you know, and it's tough because you're looking at factors going in, but they're so hot right now. This can, these connections are so hot right now between these guys. Um, uh, Maybe Matt Forte, maybe Austin Ferry and Jenkins. Denver has problems defending the tight end. On the Denver side, it's radioactive, this offense at this point. Um, you know, I'm not playing Demaryius Thomas over many options. I'm, I'm that, then I'm counting on Trevor Simeon. I'm counting on an offense that looks like they're, they're thinking about tea times in January right now. So, yeah, this is a game that just shows us the, another way, like the swirl around the toilet bowl as Denver's team is being flushed away. And you know, they're going to have to wipe the whole deck clean this offseason and start from scratch. Yeah, Vance Joseph, one and done. I think that's coming. Uh, real quick before we move on, the last two interesting kind of quarterbacks, same range type plays I would say this week. You Would, would you rather go Josh McCown or Kirk Cousins this week? Oh, McCown, McCown. And I, I nice. just think, look, the arrows are pointing down on the Washington offense. And you mentioned the offensive line. I should have given that more time also. you know. And the Chargers are not the team you want to be going against with a flawed offensive line. Yeah, I agree. All right, moving on. Uh, one of the worst eight and four teams I've ever seen in my life of watching football. They never looked like they beat anybody with any sort of uh, convincing nature or whatever. But the Tennessee Titans are nonetheless eight and four. And another chance to win another as they head in to take on a, uh, a mediocre to bad Arizona yeah. team. Anything interesting here? Well, Arizona's still showing up and, and playing hard. Um, on the Tennessee side, still just Delaney Walker, and you know they're going to stick with the backfield uh, split between Murray and Henry. And Rashard Matthews might be back, but he'll probably see a lot of Patrick Peterson on the Arizona side. Larry Fitzgerald. We can set our watches by Larry Fitzgerald. Uh, but it, it, you're right. I mean, this is a game for Tennessee. Uh, getting a road win against Arizona, I think, would actually, you know, if we were looking at this in NCAA basketball tournament terms, you know, it would be good for their resume. I mean, it would be good for yes. the show. Yeah, Can you're you totally Arizona right. on the road. I mean, Jacksonville couldn't, and that's the yeah. team that they're dueling with. The, you know, we're still looking at Tennessee. It's not totally out of the question that Tennessee could somehow cruise their way into a, even a bye, uh, depending on what happens right. to the Steelers against Baltimore. So this is this game, they, 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 their schedule still sets them up. And – you know, if you get a buy, then you only have to win two games. You know, uh, we'll see. But probably, you know, Marcus Mariota, I'm not trusting. A lot of these things haven't come together. This team just finds a way to win. Yeah, no, it's crazy. And, and it would be wild. But um, I, I agree. I think this is a, a measuring stick type game. Even though Arizona is not that good, they're showing up. And Tennessee needs to go in here and win this game. If, you know, anyone's going to believe in them in any sort of relevant playoff contender all right moving on we've got a couple good games in a row here segment including what uh not just because i'm an eagles fan i think most people would say the game of the week this week as my eagles head into los angeles to take on the jared goff led rams a good football team as well a lot of good players on these teams segment how are, uh, how do you see this kind of all shaking out Goff versus Wentz, right? I mean, it's funny. Yeah, buddy. You know, we think of uh, Eli and Ben Roethlisberger kind of – I mean, Eli and Philip And Rivers, Rivers yeah, the yeah, three of them. We think, we think of uh, Winston and Mariota together. You know, mm -hmm. It was going to be uh, Luck and RG3. Um, but not necessarily – these guys – I mean, I guess because they've been so successful and their teams have been so successful that they be, each become their own story. But now we get to see where they're at and, and against defenses that are going to test them. Um, but you're playing it straight up. Um, I think Wentz is still a fantasy quarterback that you're just playing every week. And Jeffrey has earned his way into your lineup every week. Aguilar, certainly you give a second look. Um, Trey Burton, if you're looking for a Gronk or Ertz 
replacement, assuming Ertz is out. He, he's looked fine. Uh, and this is a underrated Rams defense. On the Rams side, you go, you're playing Sammy Watkins, you're playing Cooper Cup. I don't think that Jared Goff is an automatic play, though. I mean, he's roughly around, on my in my rankings, you know, he's in that um, Derek Carr, Ben Roethlisberger, Jameis Winston range, like in the 12 to 15 range. Not necessarily playing him over. Some of the guys we talked about, Case Keenum, Josh McCown, uh, because I do think that even though Russell Russell Wilson, as we'll see, haven't got, spoiler alert, uh, mm-hmm. Russell, Wil- Russell Wilson is a unique task for defenses. Uh, but I still think that Philadelphia's defense deserves some some props and is not is a negative matchup. Uh, it's going to be really interesting to see how these teams match up. It's going to be interesting to see how Philadelphia recovers. They haven't had to deal with this yet this year, really. Um, except for, you know, in, in week one, there wasn't expectations. Uh, I'm sorry, week two, when they lost to Kansas City. So it's going to be interesting to see how this team responds to a, a pretty sound beating in uh, Seattle. And uh, the Rams, on the other hand, you know, they Sean McVay really seems to have them tuned into their own thing. And th- this is going to be a fantastic game. Totally agree. Interesting matchups across the board. Uh, I think you make some really good points in there. I think it's interesting to see how this Eagles team bounces back after, you know, getting getting beat hard. Uh, and I think that um, you make a good point about the Goff thing, though. I, one thing I think, you know, Goff has been great, but when he is facing pressure, it does seem yeah. like he has not a tendency to get Yeah, so I do think that that is in the uh, Eagles' Favor and interesting because I I think the Goff Wentz thing hasn't taken off in the same way. A because Goff was just so atrocious when he played last year that people were like, all right, this is you know. And then this year the story has just been, oh wow, he's he's an NFL quarterback. And also I think the Wentz Dak thing because Dak was so good last year and because he's a cowboy, I think that kind of like superseded it. But it is interesting. I think it's a interesting plot line in this one. All right, moving on. uh, As you said, you said we'll get to him. You were not lying. Russell Wilson and the uh, Seahawks coming off that big win, heading on to take uh, a tough, tough Jags defense in Jacksonville. Another really good game here, uh, kind of mm-hmm. another measuring stick game for for both these teams as well. How do you see this one playing out? And and are you of the uh, opinion that you're shying away from Russell Wilson? No, no, please agree. Don't, thank don't, you. Don't, I, I think don't. please, thank you. Don't because don't, don't do you look at consensus rank, you look at all that stuff. You, you know, he should be a top two, three, no matter what. He's yes. like seven, eight, yes. nine in a lot no. of rankings. It's crazy. No, Jackson hasn't faced anything like Russell Wilson yet. You know, um, and Mike Davis is real interesting on the waiver wire here, and he's got a shot in the arm for this running game, and also has been a pretty good receiver out of the backfield. Seems to be in tune with Russell Wilson, maybe shying away from Doug Baldwin. Uh, you're liking Jimmy Graham, and Russell Wilson finds a way. I mean, again. I'm talking to an Eagles audience here. He finds a way. You know, man, we know. Yeah. We saw it. Yeah. Like, it's just he he makes things happen even when it's not there. Like, he'll run around for 10 seconds and then yeah. throw the ball across his body 60 yards on the – it's it's amazing to watch. It is fun. It is fun. And on the Jacksonville side, if you're, you're not crazy for thinking about starting Blake Bortles, just like you're not crazy for thinking about starting Deshaun Kaiser this week, you know. Seattle's defense is in the same defense it was at the beginning of the season. Blake Bortles is playing as well. Honestly, he has in his career at this point. So even guys like Marquis Lee, D.D. Westbrook become interesting. And this one's going to be a fun one because I think that, uh, you know, this it, Seattle has played a lot of games like this. Now, last year, remember, on the road against Green Bay and Tampa Bay down the stretch, they were horrible. Yeah, they were Just really bad. Terrible. Um, so we'll see. But then Jacksonville is still wrapping the, their minds around the idea that they're a good team. You know, they, they, they beat Indy. Soundly, that's great. But they just before that went to Arizona and lost. And otherwise, this is a game I think that them obviously heading to the playoffs. They need confidence in themselves to play again well against good teams. So it's gonna be interesting. Yeah, I totally agree. A really fascinating game here. I don't know if I would ever have the balls to start Blake Bortles in a playoff scenario, but I, I get it uh, as certainly from a matchup and uh, the way he's been playing. Standpoint. All right, two games left on the slate. Let's go to the Sunday Nighters. Your beloved Steelers hosting the most boring team to watch on the planet, the Baltimore Ravens. This uh, has all the feels of a seventeen to fourteen 
classic Steelers Ravens right. minus the Ravens actually having some talent yes. uh, on the offensive side of the ball. You're right, like a street fight game. Um, you know, you're you're playing all the hits for the Steelers, Bell and Brown, and and with no Juju Smith-Schuster, I would go ahead and give a chance for Martavis Bryant, Ben Roethlisberger, despite being at home, despite how he's been producing, not an automatic play, just because it, it's Baltimore, and uh, we'll see. It's a, it's a very tough defense. Um, they did just lose Jimmy Smith though on the Baltimore side. The Steelers every week have a few total breakdowns on defense for the last four or five weeks. So, you know, maybe that gives you an inclination to play Mike Wallace against one of his old teams. Um, and Alex Collins, we're going to watch this migraine thing. Uh, but you know, he's at least getting to finish drives. He's a, a lead back. The Steelers run defense uh, was wilting against the Bengals, which aren't exactly a juggernaut running game. So, this one's going to be you know, a lot of punch counter punching in a boxing match uh, where they're tied up in the middle of the ring and the ref is telling them to punch to get out and they're kidney punching each other and things like yep. that. I mean, that's, that's yep. the kind of game that this is going to be. Not necessarily pretty for fantasy, but a game that's going to come down like every Steelers Ravens game. I mean, and it's funny. We could go off into a tangent here, James, about the Steelers Bengals and a lot of the pontificating about sure. football. But. There is an element of football, and whether we want—I forget—I just remember who it said, like football, something along the lines of football appeals to parts of ourselves that we don't want to talk about. Um, but football is, is about, in some ways, will, you know, uh, absolutely, and, and, and um, breaking the will, breaking the spirit of your opponent. That's that is a huge part of football, and it's a, a team-wide thing and sort of a mass psychology thing where each clash is a node. And it's, you know, the wave is is sometimes tilting back and forth, but teams, and this is what Steelers football was about. This is what Ravens football was about. It wasn't necessarily about tactical advantages or X's and O's and clever ways of finding uh, means to outflank your opponent. It was about every play or even seeing that game on the schedule and feeling your stomach start to get tight. Like, Oh God, the punishment that we're going to absorb as a team on every play and it piles up and it works on you mentally. That's why when they asked Ben Roethlisberger about it, he said AFC North football. And I, I think that whether we want to talk about it or not, that is part of the, that's part of the appeal of football. That's part of the appeal of football that no other sport really gives us. I couldn't agree more. You put it so well. And I've heard John Ritchie, uh, who, you know, the WIP midday show that I produced, talk about that concept of breaking another team's will before. And it is absolutely something that those guys think about and is part of what they're doing. And um, it's it's fascinating. Sigmund, we could do a whole podcast on that. And hopefully we will. Uh, yeah. Sadly, this is not that podcast. Let's move on to the Monday night game as uh, the Gronkless again. Screw you, Gronk. Uh, the Gronkless Patriots head in to take on the Dolphins. You don't worry too much about the Patriots winning this game, but how does the whole Gronk thing kind of affect it from a fantasy yeah. perspective? I mean, it might hurt Tom Brady a little bit, but you're not overthinking this. I mean, if you have Tom Brady and Russell Wilson, maybe bench him for Russell Wilson, but you're right. not overthinking this one. Uh, and it might be the return of Chris Hogan. And I think if Hogan gets in full practices this week, I'm fine with playing him uh, with no Gronk. And uh, if Hogan and Gronk are out, it's Danny Amendola night. And of course, uh, uh, Brandon Cooks, Miami's defense isn't good. I, I don't care what they did against Denver. Miami's defense is not good. And we just saw this team play New England a few weeks ago and like 35 points. In the they can do that. Uh, they can absolutely do that in this one. Lewis and Burkhead, that's your Kamara Ingram uh, North. And you're going to, both of them are excellent plays. On the Miami side, you're trusting Jarvis Landry. Kenyon Drake, even though he did it against Denver, New England's defense has been a lot better. So Really good. Yeah, especially against running backs as well. Yeah, yeah. so I'm not – the three times New England's played Jay Cutler, each time the Cutler team has lost by at least 28 points. Twice, Cutler didn't even finish the game out of three times. So not loving the Dolphins this week. Yeah, that sounds like exactly what I would have guessed. Uh, follow me on Twitter at Sigmund Bloom again, footballguys.com, co owner there. And of course, the Audible podcast with Cecil Lamy. All right, Sigmund, my favorite time of the week, yep. as well as the listeners, I would assume. Uh, it is Inside the Mind of Sigmund Bloom, four pack of questions. Fun this week. I figure it's playoff week. People have enough angst on their minds. We'll. Keep it light for the most part. Though some of these questions, you never know what true depths of the soul it reveals. This one, probably not too much, but uh, I figure I'll throw one fantasy playoff question in there since it is the beginning of playoffs here. What is your most memorable fantasy playoff moment? Mm, um, Wow. 
there was a there was a league that I was in that had a you know the, you know about leagues that have like a, a super pot every five years you know where some part of what people contribute for the league entry each year ah, goes, that's pretty cool. goes to like double or triple or quadruple what the pot is for the fifth year so it was a super pot year it was a somewhat sizable amount of money on the line and I had a team that was. Uh, against all odds I, I think i actually even only made the playoffs because someone left the country and forgot to set their lineup against me <laughs> in the last week um and uh and and each week it was like the blowing up the death star each week i was just picking the exact right comedy it was one of those games we you see I, all my favorite leagues like 11 idps like full, a full team you know yeah five you know three wide receivers and two running backs and a tight end and two flexes and, and all kinds of um, inflated scoring for big plays and things a lot real fun leagues right and um i just needed christian jones was a monday night game a meaningless monday night game and christian jones at that point because of injuries just like this year for a little while was in it inside linebacker for the bears <laughs> and i and i just needed him to get like eight tackles and um it really shows in some ways the absurdity of fantasy football but oh my god yeah i know i know that people out there uh, if, if you're listening to this and obviously you're interested um where just watching him on every play and zeroing in on him and just the feeling when he got that tackle. Um, and I think anytime you win this, I, I just want to emphasize this again. When I win a fantasy championship, what I like to do is look at each player in my lineup and trace all the way back to how I got that player, you know, whether it was a trade or I drafted them. And then, of course, you ponder, like, why, why did you take that player? And, yeah. and all the pieces that come together and all the moments. And, you know, there's going to be players that you had given up on for a while. There are players that you kept even though you didn't want to. Maybe someone you almost dropped one week but didn't or dropped and realized you made a mistake and picked back up the next week before anyone realized it. And uh, it's just fun because what it does is it humbles you. And it, it, there's no wire-to-wire fantasy champions. There is no – you draft the perfect team, play them every week, and win the championship. Uh, it's about resilience. Just like the NFL, you know. It's about resilience and, and sticking with it whenever you step on a landmine totally agree it's a, it's a slog and you got to work to get it and and that's why i knew you'd have a good answer because it's like you, you remember it like you know i'll never forget winning a playoff matchup by one point because i was down two points at the end of regulation and a penalty allowed the ravens to kick a field goal to tie it oh. to go to overtime and then anquan bolden got me a 21 yard catch in overtime to win it for me like you know like you'll never forget that type of stuff so um uh great stuff there all right sigmund Moving on, question number two. If you, it, this is your nightmare, and you are in a nightmare with one fictional villain, any kind of fictional villain. Yeah. Who's the worst nightmare? Who's your scariest villain that you wouldn't want to be in, in a nightmare with? Well, look, I'm going to answer this question indirectly first, and then while I'm answering it indirectly, I'll see if I can g- give you a, an answer to the direct question. Indirectly, I like that. Indirectly, I'm going to tell you this. My recurring nightmare is missing an airplane. Um, it's being, it's being, late for, <laughs> being late for an airplane. That's awesome. Yeah, really and truly. I could go off on any number of chances here, but um, I always have these dreams where like, I, I'm at home and I look at the clock and realize that it's the time my flight's going to leave or I can't find something so I can't leave for the airport or I'm getting to the airport. and you know, just uh, The universe is always throwing these obstacles in my way and it's getting harder and harder and I'm going to... I'm going to miss something because of it. And because of that, I'm really anxious when I fly. Not anxious. That, I mean, just anxious. Really like funny. Not until I'm sitting on the airplane do I feel like, oh, okay. Or at least at the gate, like waiting for the airplane um, because of that. I don't know that there's really a villain that has gotten under my skin. Um, because when it comes to like horror movies, comic book movies and things like that, um, I, I'll, t- I'll say this. I go more for psychological horror and movies like um, The Serpent and the Rainbow or The Believers, where you're d- dabbling in like black magic, the people, mm-hmm. use, and you're not really ex- in like a slasher or otherwise an exaggerated cartoonish villain. Those are the ones that, that stick with me. And, and I'll, I'll, you know what? I'll give you one. I'll give you one, mm-hmm. actually. See, as you I talked ran- your way as, into as it. I ramb- as I ramble. You, you Charles, did what you said you were going to do. This is great Charles, work. Charles Manson. Charles Manson. Um, I, you know, as he uh, recently died, sure, I, topical. I watched, I, I once watched an interview with, uh, Charles Manson and that's, it's, a, it's a weird experience. Um, especially with the crazy eyes and just the way his like pattern of speaking and diction and, and, and the way his thoughts fit together or don't fit together. And, and for a few days, um, he was in my dreams pretty vividly. 
Really? And, and um, I definitely, and maybe it's some seeing some image of myself in the mirror because people have told me that I should be a cult leader. So, um, ah, so like Charles Manson. So that, like, get see, under my we did, di- we did dig, dig deep down there without even intending to. Uh, I love it. I love it. Yeah. All right. Question number three. This one also uh, a surface answer that could dig down as well. Uh, all right. You have to perform one talent or skill perfectly or you die. What talent or skill are you performing? This is going to sound lame, but um, math problems. Just wow. do math math problems like just give me like here's the thing i don't think that's lame anymore i think ever since goodwill hunting that's kind of cool yeah Yeah. and i mean i'm not sure there's lots of holes in my brain where they're with knowledge so don't ask me to do calculus and trig and things like that anymore although i did quit the high school band so i could take trigonometry when i was in ninth grade um Mm -hmm. but but i that part of my brain just i don't you know it's durable you know and it's it it, i can trust it it tells me that's the answer i say that's the answer and uh so it's mundane, but I would I would put my life on the line. Wow, I love it. And I mean, it makes sense with the whole fantasy thing and numbers and all that. Not that much of a surprise. All right, Sigmund, the final one. I've enjoyed throwing music questions at yeah. you, and I've asked you so many music questions over time, so I'm trying to branch out and come up with new ones. And I think this is a fun one because this is one of those classic debates that I feel like I've had with many people. And in my mind, there's only one correct answer, but, uh, you know, knowing you, you'll probably say someone else and it'll, uh, find a way to convince me that you're right. But who is the best rock and roll frontman of all time? Freddie Mercury. Yes. That is the correct answer. Oh, I'm so happy you said that, Sigmund. Yeah, yeah uh, you just made my made my day, made my it's, night. Made, uh, it's thank scientific. You. It's a. It, it is the correct answer. I like that is that answer using my math problem skills. <laughs> that, it's that it's that objective. It's that clear cut. And, uh, if, and if you're listening to this and you don't and you don't agree, um, then I hope that you can watch uh, Freddie Mercury until it, the the light comes down and you understand because the correct answer is absolutely Freddie Mercury. I mean, because we have this, because we're simpatico on this, James, I, I don't think we, I need to go into any sort of description here. You know? No, there, like I said, like I legitimately, I very rarely ask you questions where in my mind there is, because they're always open-ended. There is very rarely something where in my mind, I am thinking if you say anything other than this answer, I believe you are wrong. And if right. you had said anything other than Freddie Mercury, yeah. I would have believed you it's were not. wrong. Yeah, it's not. It's not. There is. I mean, it is Freddie Mercury. And look, just to go off on a little exposition on it. I mean, Mick Jagger kind of created the 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 sort of creepy. Axl Rose took it like way over the top. This sort of the serpent, the beast, you know. Yes. The rock the rock star is like the the the, the seductive wizard or, or or warlock, and then David Bowie with Ziggy Stardust took the idea of the rock star and made it mythological, made it like a, a Jungian archetype, you know. Mm-hmm. But Freddie Mercury was like the like the gift of the god from the gods. I mean, mm-hmm. he was he he could it's almost like he-man you know like he could like he stick his he would stick his fist in the air and it was like the, all the power of the universe would go That's into great. him and, it's a great comp you watch and if you can find some of the clips where they're shooting from behind him and oh my god like at wembley like the shows yeah. at wembley and oh my god it's unbelievable like like he had, like obviously the best voice any frontman's ever had could have been an opera singer but like the the energy and the charisma just dripping off this guy and the the like you could just feel that this guy was one with the crowd and like just like they're living and breathing off me it's it it really if you've never watched a queen concert like it's it's totally worth it yeah the only other um uh, at the same time uh, michael jackson you know not a rock and roll front man but my, you know, Michael Jackson, Freddie Mercury. Yes. Oh, um, yeah. I, is, Michael Jackson have, often the answer to the my greatest entertainer of all time right, type right. question. I mean, that, I, that total the audience, like they say, the audience in the palm of your hand or something like that. But it's beyond that because it's Eddie Freddie Mercury was also not here either. You know, I mean, they he took they went somewhere. I mean, it's 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 wonderful to uh, to be able to share these things in music because 
music really is the language of the soul. There, we do definitely have a mind, a body, and a soul. What we think of as ourselves is somewhere in between those three things. And music speaks to your soul. And uh, Freddie, Freddie Mercury, like, what's like a chorus of angels or something? I, uh, you put it perfectly. Yeah. I'm going to leave it at that. Well done. Correct answer. A, a successful inside the mind of Sigmund Bloom, as always. Sigmund, thank you so much, man. We'll talk to you next week. Oh, always a pleasure. As always, awesome, terrific stuff from Sigmund going through every game on the slate and uh, hopefully helping you get set for your fantasy playoffs this weekend. If you want more of me, and again, I don't know why you would possibly want more of me, but... I'm not putting up with it. It's too much horse If you do, if you are weird like that... Let's get weird! Let's get weird! Weird! Get weird! Weird! Get weird! My start sitcom will be up on bleedinggreennation.com tomorrow morning. Go through all the positions. Uh, a bonus size start sitcom. That's pretty cute. For the fantasy playoffs. And then, of course, this weekend, 5 to 7 on WIP, John Bartard, Brandon Lee Gatton, and myself. And then Sunday morning, normal time, 8.30-ish to 10 or so. Me, John Bartard, and Jack Fritz talking fantasy gambling, all that stuff. And, of course, you can always hit me up on Twitter at... James Seltzer. So again, thank you for listening. Everyone, good luck this week. I want winners. I want winners. So let's go out and make it happen. And again, thank you so much for listening. And one last time, most importantly, good luck this weekend. Hopefully everyone has a big weekend and we're back next week talking about the next round of playoffs. Either way, I will be back to talk to you about those who do win and of course DFS and all that good stuff. So again, Thank you for listening to a Week 14 Fantasy Playoffs edition of This Week in Fantasy.